let's rock and roll. Hello guys, welcome back to Unwatchable. I'm your host, Chloe Rodriguez, and I have a very special guest with me today. Say hi to everyone, Zach. Hi everyone, I'm Zach Jaworski. And that's perfect because I literally realized as I was saying this that I forgot how to like to double check with you on how to say your last name. Yeah, that's why I'm Which... here to say my own last name. <laughs> it's a running theme throughout this podcast I've noticed where I cannot pronounce names as correctly as I thought that I could. Mine's incredibly phonetic. You just have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I realized that like I have no problem with public speaking, but I get very frozen when it comes to pronouncing people's names. Because I take it seriously and I want to do a good job and then I ultimately <laughs> That's stumble. how you make the mistake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully just by me uh, drawing attention to it, that means that it's fine. Well, now I'm nervous that I didn't say my name last week. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll see it on playback. <laughs> um, so this is Zach and he is a num- another member of my improv group, Weasel Brunch. And... I talked about this a little bit last week. We actually had Shayna on. Mm -hmm. Um, So that episode is actually coming out tomorrow at the time that we're recording this. But eventually, we're just going to get the whole gang of improvisers circulating through here. We're great people. And um, you're also another CSUN graduate, Mm -hmm. which is also a running theme of the podcast. Yep. You did a... (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a great input. You did... Did you do theater or did you do film? Yeah, I was a theater student. You're like the first one I've had on here who did uh, theater as their degree. Yeah, actually. like most of the people in in, uh, in the group are, are film people. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because you would think that improv would mostly be made up of theater kids. That's true. But it was like all film students, <laughs> <laughs> our one creative outlet. What did you think of the theater program at CSUN? I liked the theater program at CSUN. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very varied curriculum. Um, I went into to perform primarily as an actor, mm-hmm. but it was cool. I got to learn all kinds of stuff, and um, you know, just like any arts degree, I'm, I'm not using it, so it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. So you and I met doing improv, mm-hmm. but I recently, in, in the past year or so, um, since moving back to LA, I've gotten a chance to see some of your stand-up, which is really good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've been doing that for about a year and a half now, mm-hmm. um, and I've had the opportunity to perform at clubs all over LA now, and mm-hmm. you know, I, it's something I, I enjoy doing and look to do a lot more of. I was so proud the first time I got to see yours because, like, I, I don't know if you guys can tell, but like, you're generally like, I mean, you tend to be a little more quiet than like someone might imagine, like a theater kid being. Okay. You're on the more reserved side, so it was nice to see you like up on stage by yourself and like get to hear like exactly like your work and your thoughts and it was really good no and actually i've never told you this um a a lot of my inspiration to like get really into doing it seriously was i went to one of your uh one of your shows and i don't know i was like oh she can do it maybe maybe i can wow if this dumb dumb can do it (laughs) i can do it far better (laughs) that's one way to say it (laughs) i know chloe she's an (laughs) idiot so if i if she can do it i certainly can go on stage that but slightly more inspiration (laughs) no i'm gonna take that as a compliment thank you (laughs) (laughs) so if you guys get a chance to go see one of zach's shows um if you're comfortable with it i don't know if you want me to put your social media out there and if you don't i'll edit this no you totally can you totally can so i will link his instagram in the description of this so that you can follow him and learn when he has some upcoming shows yeah fair warning i almost never post but 
I occasionally do. <laughs> but see, now you're going to get such a huge following from this set. That's true. This I is don't, my big break. I have upwards of 50 listeners, so All right. this is going to be your foot in the door for sure. Life changer. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're talking about something really fun today. Since you and I are both in comedy, we decided to each kind of make a list of inspirations to us and movies, people, television shows that kind of shaped our sense of humors uh, going into adulthood. So I wanted to take a second to touch on what you would describe is your sense of humor. Like, how would you describe your your comedic sense? And it's very hard to do that. So sorry, <laughs> I'm just springing this on you. No, it's cool. I'm totally prepared for that at any given time. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I have a sarcastic... Uh, somber tone um, <laughs> well what would you say you're drawn to I feel like there's a difference between like I know as a stand up what I'm very drawn to comedically and yeah. what I can pull off comedically um, and I know for myself like I'm very drawn to like very dry mm -hmm. sarcastic humor I love like performance art style humor right. where people are trying to like the Eric Andre show or something where yeah. like it's supposed to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. Um, I love that kind of stuff. I don't think I can pull it off very well because it's very technical. Yes, to do. and I don't think I think that my personality reads as I am. So mm -hmm. I think if and that's very different from who I am. Mm -hmm. So I feel if I tried to do like a monotone like Nathan Fielder style right. type of comedy, which is my absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be able to pull it off. I can only do so much. <laughs> I, I believe in you, but it is a, is a hurdle. Mm -hmm. um, I've forgotten the question. Well, well <laughs> I guess we'll just start with what are you? What do you tend to be drawn to? Uh, I like wit, an awful lot. <laughs> uh, I, I think clever turn of phrase um, is is my favorite thing. If mm -hmm. if something is said in a way that I just did not see that coming. <laughs> Uh, I will appreciate it. I might not even laugh, but I will appreciate it uh -huh. uh, more than anything else. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I definitely see that in in your stand-up because I do think like you... I feel like you're deliberate with the way that you phrase My words things. are very specific. My words are very important <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, and I can see that in, in your style. So I think that does come across like while you're on stage. I don't, I don't know how I would describe mine. I think, I feel like I tend to be very anecdotal. Mm -hmm. You I, are. I like you to are. get excited about things. Because yeah. like I said, I can't, I can't pull off like the sarcastic mm -hmm. kind of like, like, <laughs> I can't do that even though I love it. So I feel like I have to do something that's going to be like energetic. Yeah. Or else it's just not going to seem genuine. Uh, I, mean, I mean, a lot of comedians say that that comedy is just complaining to a crowd, <laughs> um, and and you you take kind of the opposite approach. You get excited about things. Um, yeah. I mean, you get angry too. But that's true. But even in my anger, I'm like, guys, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there there there's everywhere. Anytime there's a rule to something, breaking it is just as good. <laughs> so true. Um, you toe the line in that. Oh, I thank you. And it, I feel like we both have a pretty decent list. We both wrote some stuff mm -hmm. down. We'll see now, how it goes. <laughs> as, to preface this, I was born in 1995. 
So most of what I've experienced was obviously like mid 90s to after. I graduated high school in 2013. So any time in that time or anything in that time frame is kind of what I was looking Uh, at. Comparatively, I am decrepit. Uh, (laughs) I was born in 1989 uh, and then graduated in 2007. So Okay, perfect. Um, So that's kind of the time frame that we're looking at here. Um, And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this person on my list is probably also on your list or has been an influence on you. Because I think we're both fans of him. I have Conan O'Brien. Oh, hell yes. On my list. Hell yes. And um, my thing with Conan O'Brien is, so I was a little bit too young. He started his show before I was even born, when he was on uh, Late Night. Mm. Um, So I didn't really get to see much of his Late Night era until right before he left to take over The Tonight Show. Right. Um, my introduction to Conan was about like 2007-ish, um, and he I believe he took over The Tonight Show in 2009, because um, I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, he was one of the only talk show hosts where like I would actually stay up and I would watch his stuff. Me and my older brothers would like gather around and like... I didn't know what to compare him to. I just knew that, like, he's the king. Like, yeah. he just seemed like, at least to me, I was like, this is what I want to do. Well, he was always more accessible to a younger audience, mm-hmm. anyhow, just because, I don't know, he wasn't as formulaic, specifically. It was, yeah. I don't know, it felt more off the cuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge late night fan, and I, ha- I have to say, like, he's been doing it for, like, 25 years or something, and I still... I still don't know anyone who's, like, comparable to him or better than him. Like, I just... I'm biased, but I just feel like he's just the best. He's definitely the best one out there right now. (laughs) It's taken a bit of a turn (laughs) recently, you would say? Uh, Well, I I just want to make an argument, just just put it out there, Uh that when he was still on air, I I really loved Craig Ferguson's... uh, Oh, I loved Craig Ferguson, too. I went to tapings Mm. of his show. Oh, my freshman year, I did love Craig Ferguson. Yeah. I feel like Craig Ferguson is very different from every other late night oh, host. incredibly Because different. he was so off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Conan can be off the cuff. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in his remotes. His but, remotes are really his best stuff. Anyway. Yeah. But he wasn't like that in his interviews. Like, they were still the same stage, yeah. like, pre-interview mm-hmm. interview. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I, I hated when I lost the magic on that. Because when I was younger, I was like, oh, how do they, how do these things come up? How do they just know to ask the right questions? And there's a whole story every time. Because there's, of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I watched every episode of his Tonight Show, Mm -hmm. which was not hard to do because it was only like eight months or something. Like, I watched in great detail the whole Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien debacle. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you can find tons of articles. This was huge. This was... An enormous news story because this was also kind of before, I mean, it was in the age of the internet, but it was before the internet took over as like people's main source of entertainment, really. So they were still... um, Well, people still watch Late Night at the time, so... Yeah, (laughs) like they were still relevant. So when all this happened, just brief synopsis, Conan was set to take over from Jay Leno and then Jay Leno decided, oh, I don't want to retire. I want my show back. So they gave him a completely different show um, before The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. and It hurt both of them. Yeah. (laughs) And Jay Leno sucked, as he does. And then 
Conan didn't really have the right audience for The Tonight Show. Yeah. Because who's watching The Tonight Show? It's, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful, but it's, it's people who tend to be of an older age. And they even did a whole remote where he was like, he dressed up as, um, oh, it was, it's one of my favorite remotes Conan ever did, where he went to a focus group like in disguise and ran the focus group for his own show. I do not remember that oh one. Oh my That's God. That's hilarious. You have to watch it. But it's so foreboding because mm-hmm. it was right before, it was either right before he took over The Tonight Show or he did this on The Tonight Show mm-hmm. where he had a focus group and he played clips of his Tonight Show for a group of older people and they hated him and the whole remote is him sitting there in disguise and they don't know it's him and they're just shitting on him and it is it's the funniest remote and this is a great example of why conan's amazing because he doesn't have like an ego no he pretends like he does but yeah (laughs) like he you have to be devoid of ego to an extent to be able to do this right and be like that's hilarious these people hate me put it on the air I highly, highly encourage you to look it up because it's amazing. But it also is kind of telling to where, you know, everything went wrong with him. Yes. But I think the reason that Conan has shaped my sense of humor so much is that he's not the person attacking other people. The attack is always on himself. Yeah. Like, he is always the freak. He's always, like... Yeah, the he, idiot. he's totally okay with being the butt of his own jokes. Yeah, um, and that's you know in comedy that's a relatively safe way to do it because no one else will get hurt because it's just you're it's just you and you can take it because it's your joke. Yeah, he can get mean sometimes in his jokes, but it's okay because he's also mean to himself. Yes, so he doesn't just like target yes, people. Yes, he's not beating other people down. He might be bringing someone to the level he put himself at. <laughs> I think the remotes are so good because. They prove that, like, you can put him anywhere with no writers and he can still be funny. Yeah, he just goes out there. Jimmy Fallon can't do that shit. No. He would be lost. No, Jimmy Fallon needs games. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so have him on the list, like, top of my list, huge influence. Mm -hmm. Seems like a really nice dude. I've met him before. He was so nice to me. I, I was I was supposed to be on his show about a month ago. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I was in. And I went for in for the uh, rehearsal for a sketch that I was I was just like a bit walk on on, uh, and and uh, we went through the rehearsal and right and, like they're going over the the various sketches that they had planned and they're like, yeah we're cutting this one they're cutting this one cutting this one and mine was cut on the list. And I, I was upset at myself because I never got to talk to him just to like say hi because it was like you know everything was business we're just making sure things are going according to schedule. Yeah. Um, but like, he's a good guy. He's like he didn't he didn't, didn't <laughs> I like I overheard all of it. Like it wasn't in a way that was like no this is bad. It was just like I don't think it works for this and you know yeah. And it was very diplomatic and it was cool. Yeah. I was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still like I would still brag about that. I'd be like you know Conan. I was almost <laughs> on his show. <laughs> I would still take that as like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, I will. I think I was supposed to be on a few years ago and I totally forgot until I got this call cuz <laughs> the guy the 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 man who was doing the um the casting, he like, he had my headshot and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I didn't give you anything. I don't remember this, but I remember years ago I think I got a call about being on and for some reason that fell through so I wasn't able mm-hmm. to do it. 
Um, but it's cool. It's, uh, I hopefully I'll get another chance to go on there yeah. again because it's a lovely set to work on. Maybe as like, a stand-up. Oh, you know? I would love that. Wouldn't that be like that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> um, but the writers are so nice. Yeah, we like, spent the entire day that I was there I was just talking with the writers in the back, and they're just so chill. He seems like he really tries to like give stand-ups that he enjoys who are smaller mm-hmm. like an opportunity. Yeah, an no, opportunity. he he really has an eye for like finding people that like need a push, and he like will give them the push that he can, and that's awesome. Yeah, we could talk about Conan all day, but yeah. <laughs> who? What is something that you have on your list? Um, um, I'll go uh, a maybe high school age for me. A big influence on me, uh, mm-hmm. comedy wise, a comedian is I have always loved uh, Dimitri Martin. Oh, um, he okay. is among my favorite comedians. Um, because uh, he's, he's like I do a lot of wordplay and stuff in my mm-hmm. in my uh, and and that is his bread and butter. Like he <laughs> he knows how to turn a phrase like no one else I've ever met. Yeah. Um, and I actually was lucky to get to meet him once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was do I just went to uh, a comedy club that a, a fr- uh, my girlfriend's friend had recommended, and it was a little like free night. Mm-hmm. And he randomly did like a five minute drop in. Oh, cool. uh, and he just like came in and I was like, oh my god, this is this is my favorite comedian ever, and he's on stage right like five feet from me. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! And he was just like workshopping material, and it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to him for like two seconds afterwards, but he seemed like like he's a shy guy, but he was he's, he's pretty cool. <laughs> I've heard really good things about him, and I think I always get him mixed up with. Uh, this is gonna make me sound like an idiot. Go on. People used to always say, like, you should watch Dimitri Martin. Like, I think you'd really like him, blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, I always got him mixed up with Bo Burnham. Oh, Who is very different, They're very different. I like like Bo Burnham a lot. I like him, too. He's a very funny comedian. (laughs) Bo Burnham always made me angry, though, because he's just a little bit younger than me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so so successful. So successful. I'm like, oh, cool. I wish I... Oh, cool, good for him. For some reason, I would see Bo Burnham and I'd be like, oh, it's that Dimitri yeah. Martin guy. And then I would realize that it wasn't and I'd be like, fuck, it was Bo Burnham. <laughs> like, oh, he gets me. <laughs> once again. <laughs> Thwarted once more. I but I always remember there's one thing that Dimitri Martin, he wrote a poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I do not know and I do not, will not recite any because I don't know any of it. Um, but it, it is, the title of the poem is All the Words on a Bottle of Rolling Rock in a Different Order. And he literally took all of the words written onto the bottle uh-huh. and made them into a, like a cohesive poem. Uh, that's very funny. That's so cool. Yeah. It's when, just so clever. That's what I appreciate yeah. about him. When comedians, because there's a difference between being funny and being clever. Yes. And it, it's very, I think people conflate the two, but mm-hmm. there is a difference. And I, I want to work on being more clever. Mm-hmm. I think I have a good sense of humor. I think I can be funny. Yeah. But sometimes I just don't give things enough thought to actually make something clever. And when comedians can do that, I'm like, fuck! <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, I hate you! <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a different part of that art form mm-hmm. that, that some people don't tap into at all. Um, but, and it's not necessary, but I, I really appreciate it when it's there. Yeah. He, he does it very well for me. And so I've tried to adopt that similar style. Do you feel like, I feel this as someone who's into comedy, mm-hmm. there's no higher compliment than when, like, another comedian hates you. Oh, yeah. But, like, hates you in, like, an admiring way. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say something funny and people laugh, that feels great. Sure. 
But when I say something funny and another person who's into comedy is like, fuck you, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. No, I know I know my biggest, like similarly, like, my biggest stamp of approval for any comic is when I hear a joke and I go, God damn it, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> exactly. No. Because you're like, oh, that I Now it's never... off the table. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't think I could ever think of that. And you, you fucking yeah, you got, got it. Oh. <laughs> I know there's no higher compliment to it, me. <laughs> it's, it's the best. Um, something else that I have on my list. This is this isn't um, like a stand-up comedian, but mm-hmm. something that really shaped my humor when I was younger that is very clever mm-hmm. is the show Animaniacs. Oh yeah, that shit. That show is like my favorite show to this day. Yeah, like, Animaniacs is over here too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh awesome. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid, I I didn't grow up with cable. Mm-hmm. So I had to watch predominantly PBS Kids and uh, Kids WB, mm-hmm. which Animaniacs like fucking ran. Oh, yeah. Kids that whole, WB. That whole lineup was good, though. Oh, it was so All great. The style of... And so, like, I couldn't watch any, um, like, Disney Channel shows or Nickelodeon shows mm-hmm. unless I went to someone's house and they had cable, or sometimes on Saturday mornings. They would have like a select amount. Uh-huh. Like I could still watch Recess because it would be on ABC, right. like Saturday mornings and stuff. But for the most part, like PBS Kids shows and Kids WB shows, like fucking ran my world yeah. <laughs> at the time. Specifically, Animaniacs. Animaniacs. I mean, even as like a young like comic in the future or whatever you are, mm-hmm. uh, as a kid. It has the fundamentals of comedy, like mm-hmm. everything laid out. It has great timing. It has delivery. It has yeah. like it's just, it's it's well, and we know now it is a more adult show than it, <laughs> than we were led to believe as children. Which is a running theme throughout like a lot of shows from our childhood, mm-hmm. like the '90s and the early 2000s, and you, we don't see that much of that these days because. No. I mean, it would just not be considered appropriate. No, of course not, because we're smarter. Funny. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, those things, I don't think parents, and I'm not saying this is an insult. Maybe it was a good thing. I don't think parents were paying as much attention. I would agree with that. When we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's a blessing and a curse a little bit. It worked out for us. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I think there was more of an opportunity to sneak those things in, because a parent wasn't going to see that. And yeah. if they did, maybe they would enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, if it was a cool parent, they'd be like, ah, that was mm-hmm. a dirty joke. They don't, well, they don't get it. All right, moving on. <laughs> but if you guys, I'm realizing maybe not everyone had to watch Kids WB when they were a kid, but if you guys have not seen Animaniacs, um, you definitely should look it up. You can see a lot of it on YouTube. And I, is it, it on Netflix? I think it is on Netflix. I know, I know it was. It was. Yeah. I hope they didn't take it off. It's an amazing show. I know that like it's a children's cartoon, in mm-hmm. quotations, but it's so much more than that. And really, like, now that I look back on it, it was really my intro to sketch comedy. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, obviously not something that you're thinking about when Mm. you're a child, but when I got older, I was like, I think that was literally the first sketch show I ever watched. I think for me, I mean, it was a a children's sketch show. I watched all that Mm -hmm. when I was little, and that was, blew my mind. (laughs) Like, the fact that there were, you know, like, they were teenagers, but they were like, they were doing it, and they were in a sketch show, and I... For me, when I was little, I was like, oh, man, I want that more than anything else in the world. That looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. That was my my introduction to sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Animaniacs definitely has that. Yeah. it And it's amazing because, like, uh, there's so many different characters. So there's, like, something for everyone. If you guys 
didn't know that is where Pinky and the Brain came from. They were just originally characters on Animaniacs that got mm-hmm. their own spinoff. And I think Pinky and the Brain are actually more well-known are than they Animaniacs. Now? I think so. I wouldn't be surprised. The I... spinoff lasted a little longer than the original yeah, I think so. And I think also just because like the name of the show is also the name of the characters, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to identify. Yeah. Like those things it's branding. Yeah, they sound stupid, but like those things really do make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um I've just seen like as far as like merchandising goes and people who like make references, I've just seen more Pinky and the Brain stuff as of late. Yeah, I would say there are more Pinky and the Brain memes out there um, <laughs> than, Animaniacs. than Animaniacs. But uh, my brothers and I were obsessed with that show. This was before my sister was born. We used to call each other uh, Yakko, Wacko, and I was Dot because we were the two older brothers and then me. Uh-huh. And like I remember <laughs> I remember before we had cell phones, uh, my family, we'd go camping a lot and mm-hmm. we bought walkie-talkies mm-hmm. so that we could communicate throughout <laughs> the campsite and we thought it would be like... This is white people shit right here. We thought it would be like, we thought it'd be like cool, like secret agenty if we gave each other code names uh-huh. instead of using our actual names. Uh-huh. And my code name was Dot, and uh-huh. my older brothers used Yakko and Wacko as their code names. <laughs> but <laughs> what wholesome family fun! It, how cute. <laughs> but oh yeah, just in general, like. Cartoons were a huge influence oh, yeah. on me growing up. Oh, yeah. I, I was gluten f- to the TV. I thought you were about to say you were gluten-free. And I was, I was like, well, that's a <laughs> tangent. Uh, I just wanted to point out that I was a gluten-free <laughs> child. Uh, and it made me a funny person. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought you were going to say that. But you were glued to the TV, yeah, is what you said. Yeah, I watched a lot of TV when I was little. <laughs> Do you have, like, an extensive list of cartoons? Um, I tried to, like, I started with that, and then I, like, truncated because I was like, this is just all cartoons. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Feel um, free to throw some out. Uh, let's see. What are some other cartoons? I'm just like, thinking about things that, like, it's funny now, things that just, like, made me lose my shit when I was little. <laughs> and I went back and watched some of them uh, before coming coming over here, and I was like, this is funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of this stuff was, like, before you. Did you, were you, did you, like, you, well, you didn't have network. Because um, I watched a lot of like, Cartoon Network was my jam. I did. Well, the thing is, I didn't have cable, but when mm. I went, I was such a fucking douchebag. Uh-huh. When I went to people's houses, all I would do is sit and, and watch cable. TV. I was the worst house guest. <laughs> I would literally like go over to like my best friend's house and they'd be like, what do you want to do? I'd be like, watch TV. And I would sit there for like hours until my mom picked me up. Just being like, oh my god, you have you have Cartoon Network. Oh my god, like you have you have Nickelodeon. Like ah, yeah. we can watch Keenan and Kel, like <laughs> shit like that. I would just, I was the worst. Like I'd go to every family event, and my grandparents had cable, and I'd literally just be like, bye, and just disappear <laughs> for like the whole night. That's good for like your friend's parents though, because like ah, oh, we know where she is, not to worry about her. Let's have Chloe over. She keeps everyone silent. That's not true. That was a loud, annoying kid, but. <laughs> So much has changed. <laughs> it's stuck, it's stuck with me. <laughs> um, but like I like uh, another one of my very favorites when I was little was uh, Dexter's Lab. <gasps> yes, that was the best. Mm-hmm. I loved that show. Um, and I was watching a little bit of it last night, trying to figure out what it was about it. Um, and I think it it so much of so many of the episodes were all about like this whole dramatic 
consequence for, for a cartoon, but dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then it just had like an ironic twist at the end. <laughs> and so it kind of gave, for me, gave me like just a good sense of, of irony in comedy. Yeah. And where things can be what they are. Like I have the pilot episode there, um, which when I saw it, I don't know how to, the funniest thing I had ever seen. <laughs> Little like six, seven year old me could not handle it. It was hilarious. And the whole mm-hmm. episode is, is Dexter and Dee Dee. Are, are fighting over a remote where they're like changing into different animals the whole time. I remember that. Yes. Um, and at the very end of it, um, they, and they're trying to make sure their their mom doesn't notice that this is happening at all. And the very end, the mom's walking upstairs to go get them to get ready for school. And they're both uh, one turns into a snail and the other one turns into a, a, a turtle. And they're racing to get to the thing very slowly. <laughs> and the very end, they hit the button and the mom gets in and there's just the two of them sitting on the floor as as the characters that they are. And mom's like alright time to go to school and she leaves the room and uh, Dee Dee gets up and she suddenly has Dexter's voice and she's like oh I guess we've <laughs> they, they had traded bodies and so I thought it was funny I don't know if as little me I was like oh man uh-huh. it's solved but it's not <laughs> whoa and it blew my mind an open ended <laughs> conclusion <laughs> yeah holy this has never been done before <laughs> exactly um, and that was that kind of started a whole spiral of Never having solid conclusions to anything in my <laughs> life again, and I love it. Well, it's funny because when you go back to a lot of those cartoons, so much of them kind of stems from like classic comedy. Oh bits. yeah, oh yeah. And you wouldn't know it as a kid, but then when you grow up, you're like, oh, this drew inspiration from like this old vaudevillian act. Oh and, yeah. Like, this... Well, as a theater major, yeah, like <laughs> Commedia dell'arte. <laughs> Uh, but no, very cultured. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot of it comes mm-hmm. from from the old like slapstick stuff and yeah. But when you're a kid, you're like, this has never been done yeah. before. Yeah, you have never seen it before. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Either. Like even when they use those tropes, it's still like oh no, solid. They they are timeless. I think using those tropes is actually what makes it like almost like kid appropriate in a way mm-hmm. because like you don't have to you don't have to like make anything very complicated for like an adult audience or mm-hmm. something you can like stick to the classics and it's their first introduction to just how comedy works yeah. and you don't have to get crazy with it yeah. and still like make it really amazing mm-hmm. yeah. I was always Dexter's Lab was a point of contention a little bit oh, in my oh, family oh no. not because it was bad but because I always wanted to watch the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, okay. And my brothers were always like, no, Dexter's Lab is better. That was like, the same. Blah, blah, blah. That was Gendy Tartakovsky for both of them, right? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. It had a lot of the same like people who worked on it. Yeah, I think it was the same creator, I believe. Um, and it, didn't they also do Samurai Jack? Yes. Yeah. Definitely he did. Um, I know he was a creator of Samurai Jack. Which is Jack. so good. Uh, so good. And that's completely different from both of them. Yeah. But... That was awesome. maybe the most different thing that they had on oh, Cartoon yeah. Network at it the was time. Oh, yeah, so wildly Just, like, different. out of left field. Mm, this is, like, this is a serious show. I mean, it was not yeah. a serious series, but it was. And all of these shows, like, I mean, we all loved all of them, but uh-huh. we were always just like, no, like, I want, <laughs> Dexter's Lab is on right now, and I wanted to watch Powerpuff Girls, and we could only watch it then because we were yeah. at our grandparents' house. <laughs> so we were always fighting over those things. That's funny. When we would go over... To my grandparents' house, for some reason, without fail, mm-hmm. Keenan and Kel was always on. <laughs> always on. Like, ev- I don't know if it was just like they were on all the time or we happened to always go to their house. We probably had a schedule and you were just too young to know <laughs> it was a thing. At the same time yeah. on the same day. So Keenan and Kel was go- always on and that was good. But the biggest influence mm-hmm. that they 
took part in yeah. that fed me comedy as a child was the movie Good Burger. All right. That was like, we would go to the video village, <laughs> rent a VHS tape, and we would always like we would always choose like maybe the same three movies and good burger was like always one uh i they use um i just think of the good burger sketch in general my notes in the film is i can distinctly remember enjoying the use of repetition mm-hmm. in that in in, in that because it was always kells <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that yeah. same, that same, like, same and exact delivery. And even the catchphrase, welcome to Good Burger, home, home of the Good Burger, Burger. can it take your order? order? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that's, I don't know, that, that is immediately what, I, what comes to mind uh-huh. as far as, like, the comedy roots of that is I know mm-hmm. that, like, I found value in that being like, that's funny. He's just saying the same <laughs> thing. Dude, when I say we watched this movie a million times, I mean, like, so we watched it Almost like every week, like mm-hmm. every time we would go to rent a movie, we'd get, I don't know why we didn't just buy it. <laughs> so we'd always rent that movie. I hadn't seen it. I think maybe the last time we got it, I was maybe like eight years old or something. Right. And then we kind of, I guess we weaned ourselves off of our Good Burger addiction. <laughs> and then I hadn't seen that movie since I was eight. It came out on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe two or three years ago they put it on. Something like that. And as like a, 22 year old at the time I watched it again and I still knew almost every line and (laughs) did not realize it like something in my brain just like unlocked and the entire script of Good Burger just fell out what's weird is you are not the only person I know that has that experience like (laughs) with uh, Good Burger with Good Burger (laughs) specifically Good Burger a friend of mine from high school who for prep for clarity he was the kind of person that was like real hipster in high school he was like oh you like the Beatles alright and he was like he was that kind of like just so douchey he grew out uh-huh. of it but to this day he knows every line of Good Burger <laughs> the thing is like if you if you wanted me to recite it for you now like I could probably do a decent job but I wouldn't know all of it but it's just like I guess just like when you see that movie start to happen like when as soon as you press play it just all comes rushing back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about uh, that movie. It's, I think it's, it's, I mean, there's just simplicity to it. There's, it yeah. follows a, a, a repetition that if you can catch yeah. the patterns, you're, you're in. I still <laughs> fucking love it. I, it still held up, I gotta say. There were parts where I was like, holy shit, that was so funny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm way too old for this now. <laughs> this movie is so dated. This is so freaking funny. They have, um, oh shoot, who's the guy from P-Funk? Um, oh, George Clinton? Is that his name? Uh, I will not confirm nor deny because I'm too afraid of being inaccurate. I think that's his name. The lead singer from P-Funk. And he's in... That actually sounds accurate. And he's in Good Burger. Which, by the way, I love P-Funk, which I guess no one knows about. But I I love the band Parliament Funkadelic. And um, thank you for those that, that weren't on board for this. <laughs> and um, he was in that movie in the like asylum that they get thrown mm-hmm. into, and they do a whole P Funk number. And I didn't catch that until I like watched it again as a 22 year old. I was like, wait, no child would have known what the fuck this was. That's always really fun to like <laughs> come back to things when you're older and be like, oh my goodness, I like this more now for completely different yeah. reasons. <laughs> And side note, I always feel like Chick-fil-A sauce is what Mm. Ed's secret sauce would have tasted like. Yeah. 
Like, do you remember that sauce that was like bright Nickelodeon yeah. orange? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Chick-fil-A sauce, you guys. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Secrets out. Yep. 20 years in the making. Yep. Um, no, it was right under our noses the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Good Burger. That was a classic movie Yes, for me. it was. Hey, Zach. Oh, hi. <laughs> I, it didn't see you there. Didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> didn't want to scare you. I just have a question for you. Yeah. Um, now that you've been on the show, mm-hmm. would you sponsor me? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Definitely. I seem like a total Hollywood sellout. Right. One hundred percent. That's well, what you look like. And you know, <laughs> perfect. That's <laughs> that's the image I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't have any sponsors yet, but I'd like to have some. Mm-hmm. And to do to do that, I need to prove my worth. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you could give me a random item or brand or anything, and I will improvise a ad right here on the spot. Uh, you know, for years I've been trying to, uh, to I've been waiting to hear a really good ad for. Um... <laughs> I thought this was something you were waiting for years for. I, I, I we're still waiting. The wait isn't <laughs> over yet. Uh, and now I've forgotten what I was, um, you know, Skittles. I haven't heard a good Skittle ad in a, a, good in a little bit. <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Very topical. Um, this is the first, like, actually, like, I think branded item I've Oh, is I've it, are, we, are you going to get sued? I don't oh, think so. I, I, Not I, after I, they hear this ad and <laughs> all the revenue that they make <laughs> off of me. All right, you guys, here we go. Oh, I love eating round things. Don't you, Zach? All the time. <laughs> Anything that's round, put it in my mouth. But <laughs> there's, there's one thing that I haven't been able to find, and that's the perfect round candy. Well, until today, you guys, because I was just sent something in the mail. It was, and it's, it solves all my problems. Someone sent me an, an envelope filled with loose Skittles. <laughs> And uh, I just had to try them. And let me tell you guys, I'm not messing around here. It was the most amazing flavor to ever grace my palate. They were tangy. They were sweet. There's so many of them. Green, red, purple. Oh, get out of here. There's so many options. You guys, if you want to be like me, if you want to, as they say, taste the rainbow yourself, all you gotta do is get out there, go to the official Skittles uh, website, and order some today. You know, it, when you go on their website, you are going to see all the different kinds they have: um, tropical, sour, regular. They are all there, you guys. Go on the Skittles website, enter your coupon code, taste the rainbow with me, twenty-five, and get twenty-five percent off your next order. You are not going to regret this. M&M's? <laughs> Fuck them. It's all about Skittles. Get yourself some today. Thank you very much for that idea, Zach. Did you enjoy that? That was magical. Perfect. Just like Skittles. <laughs> I think also we would be remiss if we didn't touch on like some other random cartoons like Rocco's Modern Life, yes. which I know we're both a fan of. Yes. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the reboot that they did on Netflix, it was actually really good. And it's like a 45 minute long episode of the show or something. And it's heartwarming. It is. Static Cling. Look it up, you guys. Um, I was really into... Oh, 
SpongeBob. Oh yeah. How did we not talk about SpongeBob? Yeah, SpongeBob is a classic. And SpongeBob is like that's not just a you and me thing. That's like literally like our entire generation. The generation has has fallen in love with the little squared. Batman. It's so funny. Like I don't know what the formula was for that show. I think like you know how Friends was kind of lightning in a bottle in the sense that like it just took over yeah. and then like ever since then. Every show for adults has tried to be friends. Yeah. SpongeBob is the same way. Absolutely like, accurate. SpongeBob just took over, and since then, like, every show, every cartoon mm-hmm. has to, like, try to be SpongeBob or, like, try to measure up to what SpongeBob mm-hmm. was. And things like that, I'm just like, there's no, there's, like, no formula for it. It just happens. It's, well, I mean, there either is to a level of spongebob has very specific archetype characters Mm -hmm. you've got your patrick who's just dumb you've got squidward who's just uptight and you can really uh find well i mean something that we talk about in improv a lot is finally Mm -hmm. find the characters heaven and hell very easily yeah um when 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 you know exactly what their quirk is Mm -hmm. uh, and you get to mess with that with various (laughs) like anything you come up with different situations that's true. But I feel like the the way that you can't, like... Because you can't predict that that's... I mean, they've been no. using archetypes forever. Sure, of course, of course. But you can't predict that it's going to get that big. And then once it happens, everyone's just going to compare something to it. Mm-hmm. It's funny because no matter how many people I meet through, like, high school, through college, just through doing comedy in general, like, everyone gets a good SpongeBob reference. Oh, yeah. Like, throw any of them out there, like, and people will pick up on it who are, like, in our age range. Mm -hmm. Because that show is just, like... And it's funny because I didn't have cable, but I would see SpongeBob all the time because I would rent the DVDs or, like, I saw the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. I think it was in, like, fourth grade or something like that when it came out. And, Mm -hmm. like, everyone... It's just, like, a universal language... Especially yes. on the internet, just like SpongeBob quotes, everyone just knows oh, he, all of them. Well, to bring them up again, there are so many SpongeBob memes <laughs> uh, any given time. You know, sometimes I root for shows to be memed just so that more people will know about them. Yeah, I like, agree with that. Like, where's our Malcolm in the Middle memes? Oh man, we need to get Malcolm in the Middle out there. That was also a mm-hmm. show I loved as a kid. Me too. And I still love it. It's on Hulu, you guys. And I'm just waiting for them to like catch on. It's, I was actually just talking about Malcolm in the Middle. Not the show, uh, but yesterday, um, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, the Malcolm in the Middle, the theme was written by the Might Be Giants, and they uh-huh. performed it. Um, and, and I was with my girlfriend, and she's like, oh, you know, um, they Might Be Giants, they wrote a theme for a, for a popular TV show. I was like, yeah, Malcolm in the Middle. I was like, no, no, not that one. I was like, oh, the Oblongs, which they also did. She's uh-huh. like, no, less obscure than that. <laughs> uh, turns out it was Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse? What? <laughs> I think that's the one. The M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Or was this a different Mickey Mouse Clubhouse There's theme? so many. Um, <laughs> it's a song. How many know. iterations of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? It might not. It's like Funhouse. It, it's one of those. Anyhow, they might be trying Oh, to oh. Was it the... The animated... The, yes, like, was it, it the one where he like owns a club for some reason? And then there's, no. like, there's a room for villains? No, but that show... I was talking about that one the mm-hmm. other day, too. Because I... I don't think I ever even watched that show, but I remember seeing like clips of it and being like, this is fascinating. Do people even like, there are some shows that like, they're not obscure, but people just don't talk about them. So at some point I'm like, did I fever dream this show? That's how I felt about that Why one. isn't anyone talking about it? That's exactly how I felt about what that one. What is that one, one called? Time. I think that might be Clubhouse. Um, yeah. But in lieu of a Google search, we may never know. <laughs> <laughs> Another show that I thought I might have fever dreamed is 321 Penguins. 
You did. Do you remember this? You made this up. I did not. Okay, <laughs> this was this was like the Madagascar penguins before they were like a thing. Like, oh, like this did it before then. Oh, okay, okay. So I was obsessed with Veggie Tales when I was a kid, and I might talk about that later. But um, <laughs> <You're> I was <laughs> I was obsessed with Veggie Tales, and the people who did Veggie Tales did like a. Not a spin-off series, but they did like another series that they tried to make as big as VeggieTales that didn't pan out. And it was called 321 Penguins, and it was literally just like a space like a space crew made up of penguins and like they lived in this little kids like like they were toys. Uh-huh. Like like they had like a toy spaceship. And are you remembering this? I actually think I might. <laughs> Look on your face. <laughs> yes, they were like in a little toy and they were all little like squeaky penguin toys. And they were like the crew of the ship. This is vaguely familiar. Yes. Look, Google search it and like it'll all come flooding back to you. Oh, man. Because I, listen. Until further notice, I convinced you're lying. <laughs> but keep talking. I forgot about 321 Penguins. And then... As if I had had amnesia and like got to, like I don't know, all of a sudden the memories of three two one penguins just started floating back to me. Like I was working, I was just like I was serving a table at work, and like you know when you're, I mean you you have waiting experience as well. I do. You know when you're waiting on a table and you're just kind of letting your mind wander because you're just like here's your salad, here's your whatever. Like it doesn't take that much brain power, and you're letting your mind wander. That's what happened to me. Like, all of a sudden, like, the clouds parted and God sent down on high, like, like a stream of three, two, one they penguins. They returned to Earth. Yes. <laughs> but solely in my brain. Like, like, I'm the only person who's allowed to have memories of this show. This is like a fucking Twilight Zone episode where, like, I remember a show, like, like very strongly that no one else on Earth will know about or acknowledge. I'm, like, Google searching 321 Penguins. Nothing is showing up. I'm like, I swear to God, it existed. Sure it did. But, yeah, they were doing, the like, the band of penguins mm-hmm. before the Madagascar penguins. So... I don't know why I went off on that tangent. It had to be. You had to tell your tale. It had to be done. <laughs> uh, what else do you have on your listy list? Uh, what was another? Uh, Angry Beavers. Does, oh, oh, I didn't get to watch it. You didn't Angry get to see Beavers. it. I loved Angry Beavers. What was that about? Um, that was about two brother beavers. Oh, okay. um, this was a Nickelodeon show um, who were very different. Um, one of them was very rambunctious, and the other one was very cool. Mm-hmm. And and they lived in in a little little wood cabin, and they went on. Um, they they got in fights a lot. That's really <laughs> what it was. They they couldn't agree on anything. It was like it was it was odd couple. Um, mm-hmm. But but with kids, uh, or with be- four kids with, with, with beavers with beavers four they, kids. Someone was watching the odd couple. They're like, we need to adapt this for children. And hear me out. <laughs> There's some beavers in there. Um, but yeah, that was another one that I, I really really liked when I was little, because um, mm-hmm. they were Norbert and Daggett. Nor- Norbert and Dagger, Daggett? Yeah, I, I think those are the names of the beavers. <laughs> uh, and the one was so cool. And I wanted to be like the cool beaver. I didn't want to be like the angry... Well, they were both angry at each other. But I want to be, I like the, to cool be the cool angry beaver. Not the angry, angry beaver. <laughs> it's too angry. Isn't it funny how, like, 
I mean, when I rewatch shows, every so often I'll think of a show like that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I haven't seen that in years. And I look it up, and I'm like, this somehow still holds up. Yeah. And like in a completely different way to me now. Mm-hmm. But those shows are like still good. Like when you're a kid, you're watching it and you're like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like this is amazing. I've never like my eyes have never been open to anything like this. And you don't know what it is mm-hmm. about it. And then you grow up and you watch it as an adult and you're like, oh, I like this because, you know, the characters were really strong or mm-hmm. I liked it because like they're so sarcastic and like I had never heard sarcasm. That, that was one of the things like, about that show. There was there was there was a lot of like bitter sarcasm between <laughs> the two of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and that resonates with me, mm-hmm. um, probably because my family. Uh, but <laughs> why did you make that sound so depressing? Uh, no, it's great. I love, uh, no. <laughs> No, I had a very sarcastic household, <laughs> and it was all—it was love. There was there's a lot of love, mm-hmm. but did you guys like have any shows that you all watched as a family, and like this was your family <coughs> show? Um, uh, yeah, uh, we would back in its newer days, we we would get together and watch Whose Lines Is It Anyway. <gasps> oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you bring that up. Uh, yeah, I, that actually wasn't even on my list, and I meant to put it on the whole time. That... I did too, and then when we started this, I was like, "Oh, I should remember to think of that <laughs> show." And then I like, here we are. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for bringing that one up. Um, yeah, we would always like if we were home, we would all watch that because uh-huh. that's something that all of us loved. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys haven't seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, I feel like most people know what it is. It's an improv show. It's literally just You're listening like, to a comedy podcast yeah, right now. I'm, I'm, Who's lying live? I'm hoping. I don't know, like, I don't know who generally, like, what you listeners like. But I feel like everyone will like something from Whose Line Is It Anyway. Because it's not scripted. Like, you don't need to get to know the characters to like the show. You can just watch it and be like, these people are fucking talented. Oh, yeah. And especially if you guys are not very familiar with the world of improv, Whose Line is a great show to start off with. I know Mm. that was my introduction to improv. Yeah. Because before that, I don't think it was that accessible. No. I mean, you would have to go to an improv club or and like that's like pretty much like adults because like you bring their six-year-old to like UCB. Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) This was on in the late 90s. It's just an all-improvised show. Um, and they have, like, a regular group. They have Colin Mockery, Wayne Brady, Ryan Stiles, and then usually a fourth person who's... Um, they had, like, regular people who usually filled that slot, but it was generally a new person. It rotated every a lot, week. Yeah, yeah it was a rotating person, slot. But the three of them were solid. Which I thought was great. That's, yeah. It's great to have, like, fresh new people on mm-hmm. and see what they can bring to the table. And then the original incarnation was hosted by Drew Carey, this is Ooh. the American version. We're yeah. About. yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the British one. It's so. on YouTube or it's on Netflix. Um, oh, just, really? just to throw that out there, yeah, there, there's British shows on it. It, it, it was before that. It was a it was a British show. Mm-hmm. Um, who had uh, Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles were both mm-hmm. frequent um, on the British. Uh, also very funny, uh, but it feels a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So. And also shout out to Greg Proops, who's on all the time, all the time. as a fourth member, and mm-hmm. I kind of consider him like the honorary fourth member. Yeah, he's a, he's a good he's a good him, choice for Chip uh, uh, Chip Eston. Ch- yeah, Chip yeah. Eston. He's actually Charles done, Eston. He's uh, now professionally really. Oh yeah, he he was on was that 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 Nashville was that the show? Yeah, was, he was he's, one of the leads on that. He's doing very well for himself yeah, actually. No, but now he's Charles. He's Chip and, Eston for, forever. And I think he was also on The Office 
I think he was uh, Jim's boss in Stanford. Mm, yeah. In, yeah. I mean, unless I'm thinking of someone who looks exactly no, like him, but pretty I'm pretty sure, that's, sure that's yeah. him. Um, but, and now it has a new incarnation. It's on the CW. They brought it back. The thing about a show like that is that's a show that you can reboot no. because there's not a script and mm-hmm. there's not pre-existing characters. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can really mess up the reboot. I will say, I've been to a live taping did you, were you? Did you come with us when we went? I've been to a live taping. Okay. I don't think I went with you. A few of us from Weasel Brunch went. This was years and years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the only problem is, and I'm not trying to shit on her, but they have a new host. Was it? Is it Aisha Taylor? Or, Tyler. Uh, Aisha Tyler. Okay. Tyler. Aisha Tyler. She she was on Friends. She played Charlie on Friends. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, and she's on Archer, um, but she's the new host. Oh. And she's good, but she just doesn't have the same chemistry with everyone that Drew Carey did. I suppose. I, I like what she brings to the table. I do like her. I don't think she's bad at all. I'm just saying that is the only like major difference between the 90s version and the, the new one. It's Either just a way, it's, it's, a, it's a 10 out of 10 show yeah. anytime it's on. And uh-huh. that show was like, that's how I discovered what improv was. And yeah. me and my me and my brothers, when we would go camping, because mm-hmm. you got to enter- entertain yourself on camping trips. There's like basically no electricity. Mm-hmm. So we would actually take the games that they were doing on Who's Line and we would do like we would play those games. And that was like the first time I improvised yeah. when I was like five years old, uh-huh. recreating like Who's Line Is It Anyway games mm-hmm. with my brothers. And uh, now I'm I'm still doing it, like twenty years later, <laughs> and nothing has come from it. But <laughs> but it's still really fun. But and... hours of laughter. <laughs> exactly, and um, that was the reason that I knew, like, huh, improv is interesting to me. Highly recommend it, you guys. Um, were you one of? I had talked to someone who said they met Colin Mockery. Was that you? Uh, I have not met Colin Mockery. Okay. Maybe that was Kevin. Um, I think he did. Awesome. Uh, my brother casually knows Ryan Styles, which, oh, really? which is my only foot in the door on that one. How can you ever casually know well, Ryan Styles? Uh, he's, my brother works at a hotel. He was staying mm-hmm. at the hotel. And they, they know each other a little bit. Wow. And that's how we got tickets to go see it. He, oh, that's cool. Oh, my gosh. I would love to meet them in mm-hmm. person. Um, another show that I know you and I are both very influenced by, mm-hmm. and I think we should... I mean, I could talk about this all day, but we could also... You know, maybe leave some room for a second part. So why don't we, uh, unless you have anything pre- like pressing on your list, why don't we wrap it up talking about The Simpsons? I knew this was a matter of time. <laughs> I love The Simpsons. Do you have a lot to say about The Simpsons? There's so. I mean, it's, it has been around the entirety of my life. It's yeah. been around longer than you have been alive. <laughs> It is. I don't know why I um, got joy out of that. I don't know. <laughs> I feel old and shitty. Um, no, I, I was actually watching um, Simpsons last night mm-hmm. on, on Disney Plus. Um, yes, that is the best reason to have Disney Plus. It totally guys. is. They have all of the Simpsons, like all of them. Uh-huh. I, they're on season what thirty two right now. Some, yeah, I think. I, I, thir- I think it's thirty. Thirty. Yeah, because it started the year I was born in. I yeah. thought it was thirty one. I think they Maybe somehow got ahead. No, it's of probably thirty. Well, okay, that would make sense if it was a, a yeah. season ahead of me. I think they're on season thirty one. What did the Simpsons mean to you when you were a kid? Uh, the Simpsons was was the was the fifth family member. Um, <laughs> no, it was it was just such a reliable like go to because it was always on, um, and it, it was just like 
I love the Simpsons. What I love about the Simpsons anyhow is because they have, and I was actually part of my brain was ready to segue into this from SpongeBob because they both do this. It has mm-hmm. such a like immersive world that is built around yeah. it. Um, that is my favorite thing about the Simpsons. I love how big it is and how how everyone who who is a fan of the series mm-hmm. knows the whole community, the whole city of Springfield, and. You know, it, not intentionally was that like it's just we know yeah. now because it's just throughout the years it's been getting growing and growing and growing and yeah, they have every type of character that you could ever need mm-hmm. basically. And I was watching <coughs> an early episode. I was watching uh, Three Men in a Comic Book mm-hmm. from season two, and Bart is trying to earn money to buy a comic book, and there's a there's a sequence in there where he's like working for an old lady and like like weeding her garden and like um fixing like her gutters and stuff like that and doing mm-hmm. like backbreaking labor and she gives him like 50 cents or something and she's like a random old lady and i was watching it and i was like you know what if they had done this like three seasons later mm-hmm. that would be mrs skinner oh, yeah, like yeah. they would have had a, an established like mm-hmm. old woman character and i don't think she was as established at the time or maybe not even in it at the mm-hmm. time in the older seasons it's going to be an established character doing one line instead of just like a random person no one's seen. Yeah, yeah, they really flesh out that world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's even fun when when like so, uh, a character comes in for an episode and it's like a guest star character, mm-hmm. and then years later that that character comes back <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, they were in a thing. <laughs> uh, it's great. Yeah, my family used to. Th- this show has a special place in my family's heart because. Um, my parents got married in 1989. Okay. Um, that's the same year my brother was born, and it's the year that The Simpsons came out. So that show has not only been around all of my brother's life, but mm-hmm. also all of my parents' marriage, <laughs> this show has been on. Like, since the beginning of our family, essentially, yeah. that that's when the show premiered. And we used to gather around the television, like, every Sunday mm-hmm. night, and I... We would record it on our VHS player so that mm. we could like rewatch the episodes. Somewhere in my garage, I have old like tapes from the original airing oh, wow. of like season four awesome. or like the first few seasons, um, <clears throat> and like with all like the stupid commercials that they had on mm. in between too. So you get that experience as well. Um, and it was like our family thing. Like every Christmas, when we all finally get mm. together again, we like watch The Simpsons together. Oh, that's. That's sweet. Yeah, there's so many memories of that show. And I think, I guess since, I mean, we were talking about our comedy influences, yeah. I guess we could kind of delve into why this show has such an impact. Uh, I mean, it, it, it hits all of the marks. It has the archetype characters mm-hmm. everywhere we've talked about. It's got callbacks to the characters, which we just talked about. It, the delivery, uh, I, the, the way that Homer says everything. Mm-hmm. Every nuance and change is always perfect. <laughs> yeah, they have a great cast. They have a great truly cast. Truly great cast. Um, it's, I don't know, I think I think anyone uh, who's watched enough, enough Simpsons can, can really know how to be funny. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's interesting, so this show started 30 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like if it were starting... At any other time, it would be very different because, yeah. you know, for example, with the cast, they were using like genuine 
like voice actors. Sure. Like people who mainly did voice acting. Not that they haven't done other things. Yeah, they weren't names. But yeah, it's not yeah. like they were using like a movie star or like mm. a seasoned like like famous TV actor sure. that they wanted to pull the name in. It's yeah. not Dan Castellaneta yeah. the Simpsons. <laughs> like like it's not people aren't like, oh shit, Yeardley <laughs> Smith is on this. Like I got yeah. no offense to them. No. But like that's just how it was done was, back then. No, it wasn't until like the mid late nineties that that became a thing. Yeah. It, it's not based it. around like and I mean they have a lot of guest stars anyway, so they don't yeah. really need to do mm-hmm. that. But this is like an example of how that old school style of casting really works they got people who are able to maintain this yeah. for 30 years and people who are genuinely the best for the character and not yeah. just for the show's marketing yeah no it was just they, they made the they made the the world real enough that they didn't need real celebrities if that makes sense yeah and it's also just incredibly smart oh yeah oh I, yeah it's uh, all the harvard writers who are working on this show <laughs> It's funny because I was watching The Simpsons a few days ago with my roommate and she was like, oh, I don't know anything about this show at all because when she was a kid, her parents like banned it from the house. Like they were like so many stories about that because it was considered to be like back in the 90s when it premiered for some reason, it was considered to be very raunchy. I don't. And for some reason, it was, like, not of God or something. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, really, Christian households had a problem with it. And I love that, by comparison, the backlash of that was South Park was born. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's what you want? Yeah. All right. I think the reason that it's been such an influence to people is that not only is it just, like, incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. I think they, because of its <clears throat> format, because it's animated... You're able to be funny in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like this, I mean, animation really helps with sight gags, right? Because you can have a <laughs> character do a springboard and do like a, end in a cartwheel. Oh yeah, and you stuff can like literally that. do it. It's yeah, everything you, you can't afford to do on a yeah. Live film. You can make them literally do anything, and you can't yeah theoretically do that with live action. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you want to use CG, I guess now CGI yeah. and all of your. But shows. still, that's very, very, very expensive. And yeah. in animation, and it, it is relatively st- cheap. Yeah, and it can still only take you so far. So I think it's that. I think just the time that it came out um, and the fact that so many people watched it with their families. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting show, and it's a show that's been on for so long and has been such an influence that you can't really cover it just in like the amount of time that we're taking on no, it. No, no, this is the Cliff's Notes version. Yeah, like uh-huh. people will dedicate their lives to like the like the analyzing oh. of this show. People make careers out of yeah. like just like analyzing and researching how this show came to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a big influence. Probably the biggest thing that shaped my humor oh, as yeah. a child. Just yeah. just the whole tone of it and just I guess just the variety of different things. It's a variety of jokes, and it's just a different, like, it had low jokes and it had high jokes, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you got what you got when you were watching it, but there was definitely something on the board for everyone yeah. at any, like, level of intelligence to to absorb. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, Zach. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me on. Were you nervous? Incredibly. You seem... I When I booked <laughs> you, I was like, Zach's going to be nervous. Yes. He's a little more quiet than I am. I do not talk very much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think in our, what, six years that we've known each other? Jesus, yeah. This is perhaps the most I've heard you speak. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but you were great. And thank you so much for coming on. That was Um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Seriously, you guys, um, look him up on Instagram so that you can know when his shows are. Um, See, now this is is your task. Now you have to promote them on your Instagram. Yeah, I do. This is my problem. Technically, apparently the day this is going to drop, I will have a show (laughs) with the evening. Um, So if you catch it as it's going, I'll have a show that night in North Hollywood at the Federal. But um, that is, you probably won't catch that. Guys, turn (laughs) off this podcast right now and start driving. Get in your car and then continue to play this podcast in the car while you drive over to the Federal in North Hollywood so that you can see Zach. What time is your show? Uh, The show's at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Perfect. That's Wednesday the 11th. That is. At 8 o'clock at the Federal. Look, I booked something, Ma. Yes, perfect. Now you guys have to go. <laughs> you, now that you've listened to this, you are obligated to go see him. <laughs> and uh, you won't regret it because he's really good. And I think it'll be a really good time. And to everyone else, uh, you could have watched this a little sooner. Yeah. Or listened to. Why were you lagging, you guys? You yeah. know when the podcast comes out. Yeah. Sometime on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so consistent. It's going to be come out at like 7.59. I'll make sure it goes up. I'm going to put it up at 6 just so people have time to listen to this. And then they can be like, perfect, I got an hour to make it. All right. Thank you so much again, Zach. And thank you, you guys, for listening to Unwatchable. I appreciate it so much. Please be sure to give us a five-star rating. Leave a review down there. I, I got an amazing review. The title of it was Lizard. And the subject was lizard and that's all they said was lizard lizard and that's my favorite review that i've gotten so far so yeah try to beat that you guys um i will see you next time here on unwatchable